welcome to episode two of Get In Prospective with uh, the Bleacher Preachers. Uh, once again, I'm David. Hi, I'm Mike. And we, uh, we today, we're going to get into uh, covering more about Week Zero games. So we have uh, a good slate of games coming on this Week Zero. We put a poll out. Uh, I didn't tell you this. I put a poll out for everybody to, to kind of vote on what we should cover. Just trying to let them tell us what, what we think we should do and um, or what they would like to hear. And they picked three Class A and one B game. Oh, I, I put it out there as three Class A, one B, which there's all three Class A games. And then I put uh, two Class A, two Class B, or one Class A, two Class B, <laughs> and one <laughs> one Class D. So I feel like, honestly, some of the better games are in Class B right. uh, this, this week. Uh, the, the, so the games that we have... In Class A, we got Bellevue West versus Creighton Prep. We have uh, Columbus and Fremont, and then we have North Papio South and North Platte. Oh. So you know, particularly you know these games last year all probably would have been pretty good games. You know, there's been some loss on each of the teams, at least most of the teams, um, that I think puts this in some of these games into maybe not as close as what right. some people think they may be. But uh, you know that that Columbus Fremont game is probably the most, we'll say, toss up of the two, okay. if there is any. The Class B games there there are some really good games as well. I honestly feel like that Norris Blair game is probably going to be the best, the best game of the week. Being able to catch the balls out of the backfield and, and well, that's a big thing now. Yeah, yeah be able to catch and catch well and run routes like real routes, you know. Yeah, as a running back. And it's, so things have, are obviously changing more towards. A uh, you know through the air type of attacks for a lot of teams, high school football, it's a little tougher you know because these guys these individuals they're not some of these quarterbacks, they're still developing right like you, so you think about if you go to pee wee games right you go to pee wee games they a lot of those kids hardly ever throw the ball right I yeah. do know I've seen uh, some of these Papio teams and whatnot and they air it out a little bit even for their pee wees which is kind of crazy but you know you don't get to throw the ball as much. At that age, because they're just not their arm strength's not as developed. Their um, accuracy, you know, yeah. obviously, the ability to really grip the ball, you know, so things float, yeah, you know, or they don't maybe slip out of their hand or whatever. You and you see that through, I think, through high school stilts too, depending on the team. So you'll have a lot of teams that are heavy run based because they may not have you know the Danny Kalins right. or the Zane Floreses that can just sling it. Uh, like some of these other teams. Might right? not have the lines either for pass protection and, you know, running the ball is always a safest bet to do if you don't have that line. Right. You know, but we had a quarterback. We had a really good running back class lead this past year. So it's really going to be interesting. And I think we're going to touch on some of these teams here. It's gonna really going to be interesting to see what those teams are doing at, with their offense from a at the quarterback position, at the running back position, what their game plans are going to look like. Some of them are very... They were very heavy run based, and they are, they they have some people at positions potentially that could open up their offense. Maybe. Uh, with that said, we're going to get into it a little bit here. Uh, the first game we want to talk about is we're going to talk about that Bellevue West Creighton Prep game. Uh, this game, I think, is going to probably be the biggest blowout of the yeah. night. To be honest with you, and it's not to say, and this is just my opinion, but. You know, Creighton Prep is a tough team, so I would it be surprised if they give them a fight? It's just that Bellevue West is that good. Yes. Creighton Prep lost something like 20 seniors. Wow. So they, and they're going to be playing like nine freshmen, I believe, which is kind of unheard of when it comes to a Creighton Prep team. Yeah. 
they lost pretty much their best player in almost every single wide receiver, running back, safety, wow. defensive line, Those offensive players, line. So. I mean, all of their best players have left. And they have guys that are going to need to step in and play big roles. And, and hey, by the way, you know, Creighton Prep, you're, you get to open with, <laughs> with Bellevue West, with Bellevue yeah. West who is a powerhouse. Yeah. And, you know, they have the – I'm going to call them the Thrusker connection, the, the three three Husker commits, <laughs> the uh, Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris and Danny Kalen. So, you know, here you go. Yeah. Here you go, Creighton Prep. Take, Welcome uh, 2023. <laughs> take, take that Thrusker connection yeah. right, right at you. First week. So I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I think they're going to learn a lot about themselves. They have an absolute brutal schedule, Craig Prep does. Uh, they, be, they open up with, I believe, like, basically what some may say, three of the top at least five to six teams in state wow. to start the year. And they're, they're, you know, they're obviously rebuilding. So um, it's going to be interesting to yeah, see. Here. Right. It could be. Let's actually start with, let's start with Creighton Prep, uh, okay. because since we're kind of talking more in depth about them. You know, you and I kind of had some conversations during the week. We shared and you know, some names and we'll, we'll try to watch the film, right? The first one I threw at you, because Creighton Prep, Creighton Prep is a heavy run team. They always have been. They always probably will be, unless there's a switch in coach and philosophy. You know, they lost Shamar Brown, who was one hell of a running back. Uh, he is, you know, I, I don't remember, remember the exact numbers, but, you know, he was well over... 1,200 yards, probably 16 touchdowns last year. He was he was a monster. Offense, yeah. Yes, and you know he was a tough running back. Uh, they, and they didn't have a lot of people getting snaps behind them. Well, they the one kid that they did have getting snaps, he graduated as well. That was so. Next in line <laughs> is a young man named Jacob Ruby. Uh, he's five eight, 170 pounds. That's a good size. He's got some thickness to him. There's a little bit of stout there uh, for him at least. He's 5'8", 170 pounds. He's a class of 2025, and he plays running back. He also plays the strong safety position, a little bit of cornerback. So he's also in the defensive backfield as well. So last year, he had 19 carries. And this is probably going to be one, at least one of their feature backs, if not the feature back one. He averaged 4.1 yards a carry, which I thought was, was decent. You know, considering you get 19 carries, you know, when, when you're when you're a workhorse type running back in, in an offense that relies heavily upon the run, as you probably know, and you know, obviously provide some input, the it could be very rhythmic, right? You kind of got to get into a little bit of a rhythm. Right. Sometimes it takes running backs, especially in those type of offenses, to to get multiple carries before they really find that flow and that rhythm, and they're kind of understanding what some of the defense is. And you know, I think uh, that's going to be pretty heavy with with Creighton Prep, you know, because they're having to replace their quarterback as well. They well, played three different quarterbacks last year. So they're going to have to lean on him pretty yes. hard. Or I think so. On their backfield. They do have a young man, Tony Coniglio, who will be playing quarterback for him. Uh, he threw for about 300 yards. He got a little bit of playing time last year. You know, they are going to have that available to him. They have a tight end, Michael Burt, who is obviously a Division One player. Yeah. Uh, heavily recruited by multiple Division One schools. So they do have that ability, but it's all going to be dependent on that run game, right? And you look at somebody like Ruby, he's a physical running back, which yeah. fits within the Creighton prep system. Yeah, I just looking at the film, because you see him dragging uh, multiple tacklers with him. Yeah, I think the, the impressive thing is that, that uh, those yards after contact. Yeah. 
right? So he's not somebody that is easily easily to be brought down. Well, he is a very downhill runner. Uh, once he hits that hole, it's that contact doesn't necessarily slow him down. You know, you have to wrap yeah, in order to bring him to, down. Right? So, you know, I think Ruby is somebody that you know, obviously is intriguing from a prospect standpoint because he's going to get a heavy load of the offense, or he ha- he's going to have to. One of my favorite players in state, you know, the last couple of years, he actually played alongside McLean. His name is John Pargo. He's going to Northwest Missouri State. I, as you know, I'm a huge Brian Dawkins guy. Right. So I like physical safeties, and that's what this guy, John Pargo was a ball hawk. He was somebody that... Uh, there was the year before last, he had had, like, I think he had, like, five interception, three fumble recoveries, two block punts. Like, he's just all over the place type of back, uh, defensive back. I think McLee has some of those same abilities. Yeah, I actually, and, you know, we didn't really talk about what our, you know, what we saw on the tape until now, and I actually have him down as ball hawk. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. And just looking at what he does, closeout speed, he goes right to that tackle. I mean, he's getting there hard, and he's hitting him. Pretty, he sticks them pretty good. He's not afraid to hit. He's not afraid to get physical. But what I noticed is how quick he responds to where the ball's at in the field. Yeah, I think that's perfect. It's it's something that I noticed as well. When you have, when you have a safety that can come down to the box and support, it can play. It can pay huge dividends, right? And somebody, especially one that can diagnose a play early, and can figure out what's the play's going to be and beat people two spots. Yep. And that's exactly the type he has. Is once, once he. Figures out what it is, you know, boom, he's gone. And just watching right. him tackle, he also looks like he can uh, take care of these tackles by himself. He's not looking for help. He can actually take these guys down pretty quickly. Six foot, one hundred eighty pounds. Well, that's a decent see, size. And knows he's a captain too, so yeah. I mean, there's that leadership ability that he must have. That you know, to have him be a captain there. And he's very athletic. Like I said, he you know returns kicks, returns punts for him sometimes. Um, you know, they're definitely going to need some of that. He lost Pierce Johnson, who was a pretty pretty good special teams player for him. So it would be interesting to see if McLean is able to pick up some of that from right. him as well. And as a defensive back, I noticed that he does have really nice hands, too. I just saw him catch, and I was like, holy moly, this guy's got it all. Like, well, he does play on the he does play wide receiver yeah. on the offensive end. I just end, saw his nice hands on an interception that he had. Yeah. I was like, he brought it in. I was like, nice. Yeah. And they'll get him the ball on the offensive end, too, whether it's in, you know, end rounds or jet sweeps, or whatever the case may be, just to try to get the ball in his hands and make plays. Yeah. So he does have that type of athleticism in him. But that, you know, like, he, I think what you said is very important. It's that ability to to see the play and to to, to have that burst toward it once once it's recognized. Right. Um, and those ball, I mean, there is not enough to be said about somebody that just finds their way to the ball. Right. Whether it's intentional or not. Right. Like, <laughs> he just happens to be there now. Yeah, you know, like, it, he's he knows, that type of player. He knows exactly where he's going. Yeah. So, uh, but moving on, we'll, 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 we'll talk about Bellevue West now. So there's a lot to talk about with Bellevue West. Obviously, they're one of the most talented teams in state. They always have been. Um, you, know, we, I, you know, I keep throwing out that Thrusker connection, you know, the, those three Huskers. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing to watch when you watch them out there. You know, we're not going to talk about those guys. You know, they, they, get, they get enough attention. Yeah, right? people know them already. <laughs> they know yeah. everybody knows who they are. Um, McMorris got his own little podcast thing going, too, so some people probably listen to it. The, we're not going to talk about – we're not going to talk about – their defensive backs because they got a couple young defensive backs that are really good. Uh, Caprice Keith. Uh, they also have uh, Arif Evans Jr. Uh, Arif's the coach's son. It's going to be pretty damn good. Uh, Caprice Keith is the son of Kitten Keith, who uh, you know had an NFL career. He played with Peyton Manning, hell for the Colts. You know, so there is a lot of talent 
Asher Jenkins, the linebacker position, kind of another little ball hog. Fast, runs on the track team, fast as hell, uh, makes a lot of tackles. You know, they have so much talent. I mean, Jacob Rowe plays in the basketball team, but he's getting looks at the offensive tackle position. Wow. You know, he's 6'8", you know, 240, and he's, you know, he stepped away from football. Um, you know, and he's he's gotten back into and playing tackle again, and he and he's already gotten eyes just from his ability. He's an athletic kid, yeah. nice kid. You know, one if if people somebody could vote for probably the most one of the most liked players in the state, this kid probably would get it. He's got a great personality. I think this season he's going to find some, uh, you know, find some light uh, that's out of that darkness with uh, with his play. So, um, so we're not going to talk about all that talent. Right? <laughs> we're going to look into more what we what we kind of talked about with what's intriguing based on positions, talent, you know, all that's involved. So uh, one of the guys that, that I wrote down was Dylan Shear. So Dylan, Dylan is very intriguing to me because last year, so Dylan is 6'2", 217 pounds, class of 2024. He plays a wide receiver. He played tight end. Um, yeah, I saw him in a lot of tight end sets. Linebacker, safety. Yeah. I mean, he played at Omaha South, and South's program is... You know they're they're developing, yeah. <laughs> they're they're working, they're trying to do their right best. Yeah. Um, but they use them in a lot of positions. You know, this young man was one of the top ten receivers in state. He had eleven hundred and five yards, thirteen touchdowns wow. last year. Four of them rushing. Uh, he had seventeen hundred and seventy four all purpose yards because he returned punts and kicks for him too. Wow. And obviously there, I mean yeah. it's it's apparent. I don't, I don't, what would you see on tape with him? Uh, what I saw about him, well, actually, I, I was seeing him more in the tight end sets, and I just noticed like just basics, nice run, like run, uh, run blocker, like just see him able to seal those blocks for the running backs, come out of uh, the line, go over the middle, be able to go up and get that ball right in the middle, like good hands right in the middle, good route runner, and then I just looked at and I just even saw his defensive plays. Well, like filling up the holes, like on the runs, basically just being a body there just to fill up that hole so that person can get through. And also quick to the ball. Like he just, again, one of those guys just knows where to go with it. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the film I was watching was just both positions, both uh, receiver and linebacker. So I can see where, you know, Bellevue West is so loaded. Yeah. They're, they're going to find a spot for him somewhere, they, you know, and at least he's able, you know, he's versatile. Yeah. Like, so, in the... In the I think, you know, with the offensive weapons, you know, his role on defense could be more important than what he would potentially play right. on offense with, uh, you know, some of the holes. Only one ball to go around. <laughs> right, you know. Uh, and, you know, but Bellevue West with a good tight end, it's, you know, Mike O'Reilly Ducker, you know, those years. I mean, they, with a good tight end, they're extremely dangerous. So I could see him filling in that spot. But, you know, I think one thing that you mentioned, you know, he does, he does, he does a hell of a job catching traffic. Yeah. Uh, but I think he has deceptive speed. Like, he doesn't look like he's just blazing on camera, no. but you still see people having a hard time keeping yeah. up with him. Yeah. So I think the speed is very deceptive to people too. Um, so I think. Well, know, I like the fact that he was not afraid to go over the middle either. No. You know, like he's just not afraid to go up and get a ball. Like six two, two hundred and seventeen pounds. Right. That's, that's a good sized kid. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm very intrigued. You know what? What? Where the play is going to be from Sheer because he is going to contribute. I think strongly to this team. It's just a matter of how, yeah. and how he wants to, how the team, how the coaches want him. You know, they can be very much a role type players, um, but it'd be interesting to see where there's how he is being utilized. Well, he's got the ability to play pretty much any receiver spot that you're tight end, slot receiver, yeah. well, wide out. 
And second or third level on defense, potentially. Yeah, right. Right? So. Even if it's like a nickel linebacker or something, you know, he's, he's going to be out there. Yeah, that's what it just seems like. Yeah. Know, either way. So I think uh, definitely keep an eye on Sheard. He's, he's got the talent. It'll be, and I think if anything, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, how they utilize him. That'll be kind of uh, something that will develop that will, is intriguing, as I mentioned multiple times. The, the next player that uh, I wanted to talk about with Bellevue West uh, is C.J. Goff. Goff is expectedly going to get the majority of the load at running back. Some the Arguably, I'll say arguably because this, this is going to be my opinion, but the best versions of the Bellevue West teams have had a strong run game. Uh, you think of the years that they had Jay Ducker. You know, Jay Ducker, obviously infamous. And hell of a running back, set records within the state. LJ, uh, LJ Richardson, he's at Wyoming now, and it looks like he's looking to make an impact here pretty soon. Some of their best, the best versions of themselves is when they have a strong running game. And I look at somebody like Goff. C.J. Goff is 5'9", 170 pounds. He's a class of 2024. Last year, he had 559 yards rushing with 653 all-purpose yards with eight touchdowns. He only started two games. Jeez. <laughs> so, but, and also, on top of that, his last game that he played, 38 carries for 210 yards. Wow. Majority of those came within the one game that he, he started. Right. And uh, the, what impressed me about, we, we kind of talked, alluded to a little bit with, with Ruby, and I see it with Goff, too, just hits the hole. Yep, that's what I got, too. Uh, he, he, he just seems smaller than Ruby, and just looking at the uh, film again, it looks like somebody just kind of hides behind the line so these guys can't see him, and next thing you know, he's past you. <laughs> you know? I think he hits that hole as well. Like, he finds that hole. Uh, and then, when you do get your hands on him, he's breaking tackles left and right as well. Like, he runs right through those tackles. So yeah. it's almost gang-style tackling on him. You know, the funny thing is, you mentioned, he said he, he, he seems smaller than Ruby. He's an inch taller than Ruby. Same yeah. way. <laughs> But I know, but I get what you're saying. You know, I don't know what it, it, he did seem a little. He does seem a little bit smaller. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's like a top half type of smaller. But I think his legs are strong. That's what allows him to break through those tackles and whatnot. But he does not really dance around behind the line. You know, he he, he sees a hole, bam, he hits it. Yep. You know, he, this is somebody who could easily potentially average seven yards a carry if he wanted to. Some of those L.J. Richardson numbers those years that he was there. And if needed, you know, I mean, he can also catch the ball at the backfield, which yeah. is huge as well. So I, I saw that too, which I was like, all right, this guy looks like he's set for a big year. Yeah, I think he is set for a big year. You know, it, it so it all depends because sometimes, sometimes the, the that the, that T Bird team can get a little, uh, they can get a little pass happy. Sometimes they in the past they have they haven't. Uh, Abandon the run game. I'm not gonna say they abandon it. Yeah, but sometimes I think they feel like they have an advantage at a certain place So they don't run the ball as much But as I said, I think the best version of themselves is really when they're running the ball well And then creating those passing lanes off of that and getting the ball out um, You know the little bubble screens you know, those other guys Stretching open. the field. Yeah with some of the other guys and whatnot, you know Drawing some of those defenders up a little bit getting those running game going drawing the defenders up Bam over the top over the top, you know um, But do you have any stats on how fast he is? I do not have any stats on how fast he is, to be honest with you. But um, he definitely has a better top-line speed than what we saw probably with Ruby, yeah. right? 
He when he hits them holes I was a lot quicker in that film. It seems like there's a little more giddy up. Yes, in his, in his I would agree with that too. There is a little bit more giddy up to him. Uh, he definitely has a higher top end speed with him. Uh, he got strong legs, and like you said. I don't know. I would I, if I if you had a if you placed me on and said which one of these guys is better better after contact. I would probably say Ruby, mm. but uh, he de- you could definitely see that Goff is strong enough to withstand hits yeah. and still get in well, tough because he's good. I don't know why I thought this, but just like it looked like he just had a lower uh, center of gravity. I agree. So he's able to like get these guys. I mean, at least push them back. Yeah. I'm not thinking I'm down that hard, but he's through his legs. He's able to keep on trucking. And I completely agree with you. With the you made a comment about him being a little, you know, with him being a little bit shorter. You know, I talk about guys like Jacob Rowe, who's six eight playing tackle, right? Yeah, he can hide behind that line a little yeah. bit, and it's like, boom. You know, like he's, he's, yeah, he comes out <laughs> trying to see, you know, and then, bam, he's gone through the line, you know. You're, you're not even getting him until he's to the, no, you're not even seeing him until he's to the second yeah. level, right? right. That uh, definitely plays a part, but he's got speed, he's got strength, you know, in his legs. My expectation is that I think Bellevue West is going to give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think Creighton Prep is going to learn a lot about themselves and what they got. They're going to find things to build on, but ultimately, you know, if you spotted me 20 points for Bellevue West, I'd probably take it, yeah. to, be, to be honest with you. Um, so the, the second game that we, we want to talk about with the Class A is Columbus and Fremont. Columbus themselves lost, they lost a hell of a player. So they had a running back linebacker named Liam Blazer. And this young man, he, he, he ran majority of their offense. You know, he was a running back well over 1,000 yards rushing, double-digit touchdowns on the defensive end. I can't remember what the exact number was, um, but he had something like around 130 tackles, I believe, somewhere around there. And it was twice as much as the second person on the team. And just an absolute one-man wrecking monster. <laughs> right. So he's gone. Blazer's gone now. Um, so you have a big hole at that running back position. You know, and this is one of those things when I was kind of talking to you about, do people, do they have to realign their offense? You know, when looking at their team and where the talent lies, you know, I look at these wide receiver positions and I see talent there. Uh, one of the young men that we are going to talk about, Dylan Crumley. Dylan is five foot 10, 165 pounds, uh, class of 2024, uh, he's listed a wide receiver and cornerback. So when I was looking at Columbus, they had a lot of guys that were multiple. You know, the, the other young man we'll talk about too is it's like, you know, they were over 300 yards rushing, but they also had three, 400 yards yeah, receiving. Right. So they're utilizing him in a multiple way. And Crumley is somebody that has track speed, you know, returns kicks for them, uh, 852 all-purpose yards. Yeah. A couple touchdowns. Uh, he, he's quick. He's definitely somebody that can open up an offense uh, at the blink of a notice. But he also plays cornerback for him, and that speed allows him to play with uh, some of these top-end receivers in the in the division. Columbus would probably say if there's any of any of them, he's probably what would be considered a shutdown corner for him. But you know, Columbus likes to put him out in space. They'll run some jet sweeps with him. They'll try to get him the ball in space uh, and just see what can happen. Uh, going into his senior year, you know, like I said, I look at, and, and what partly I think, is it possible that one of these guys we'll talk about, they'll consider moving him to running back because how important their running 
their running game is. I mean, their whole offense was based off of last year. Or are they going to switch to a more open offense? They do have a decent quarterback, Braylon Vancura, um, that can throw the ball around. So, you know, is it going to be more of a spread offense? Will one of these guys convert to a running back just to get the mm-hmm. ball in their hands? You know, it's very possible. It seems like they're, like, utilizing him just as a runner a lot here. Um, I know he's probably classified as a receiver, right, as well? Right. Um, but they do do a lot of jet sweeps with him because he's so quick. Yeah, and then, and like I said, it's at least both the guys we're going to talk about, they were they, they were both in, like, like three, 400 yards rushing, three, 400 yards receiving. Like, they're both multiple in that capacity, right. both players. Are. And that's, you know, what's Tanner, right? Tanner. That'll yeah. be the Tanner will be the second one I'm talking about. So it's very interesting that, you know, the intriguing part is there's obviously talent there. There's speed. There's the ability to make make space. And when you're in space, you, you become very elusive. He's right. very elusive. So they, do they really? These two guys do have very similar skill sets, which is you know kind of nice to have. Obviously, yeah. You know, you got two receivers who can not only catch the ball but can run the ball for you as well. So and let, so let's go on to Tanner because Tanner's interesting. Um, so Tanner, he's also he's six foot, one hundred sixty five pounds. Class 2024 wide receiver as well. Uh, 340 all-purpose yards in three games. He had 232 in one game. Wow. So it, the weird thing was when I was watching film is, it's kind of like we were talking about like Ruby and, and, and Goff, is that for some reason Tanner seemed a little bigger. I mean, he, he, he says he's an inch tall or a couple inches taller here. So yeah, I guess that could make it. But for some reason he just looked a little bigger. And and they use but they use them in the same capacity. Some of the yep. same things they use in jet sweeps, in rounds, right? So I noticed a lot of his tape is a lot of sweeps. Is him completing those? I kind of wanted to see on his tape, and I'm sure they'll use them more often. But I wish they could have seen more receiving stuff, more route running. Because I didn't, I didn't get to see much. I'm not sure exactly yeah. how that goes. But as far as the sweeps and recognizing where to go with the ball on those, I mean, he's got all that. He's got the vision, which I like about that yeah. about him a lot. And I watched some film where he was he where he caught the ball and. He, he's another one that I wouldn't say he's as elusive as what Crumley is, um, but he definitely can find open spaces and he'll definitely catch the ball. He's got strong hands and he can make moves to, to get extra yards, but I wouldn't say his speed is, is what Crumley's quite is. Like he doesn't have that top end speed. Yeah. Like a, he probably can get chased down by, by that second, third right. tier of individual uh, on the defense. But that, that's what's in the intriguing part of it to me. So you have two multiple guys. Obviously, very athletic, can do multiple things. You know, what do you do with that offense, right? You lost this, you know, amazing player who's really did a lot for the team. So what do you do? Do you open up your offense? You put these guys on the outside, and you just toss them around a little bit, run those sweeps, those in rounds, or do you move one of these guys to running back? Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw, like, Tanner more of a possession-type receiver. You know, it's not going to get the huge, you know, Go routes like maybe Crumley would. I would agree. Get, you know, I'd see Tanner more as the. This is a guy who was going to just get his first downs and move the sticks. You yeah. Know? Either way, either running or just you know a little five yards and just you know run for the rest, like run after the catch. You know, something like that. Crumley, I see more as a big, like the big play guy. Yeah, he's your yeah. take the top off kind of yeah. guy, right? I mean, you get to see it when he's returning kicks. You know, you yep. just never know because it looks like he has a tiny little hole and he's, he's using it. So. Columbus's offense will be will be will be interesting to watch just to see what they're how they're going to utilize these two individuals and their talent, and also just to see 
what positions they're going to end up playing in because the running game is so important to them um, that uh, you know it, I'm just curious if if there'll be some shipping around or if they're just really going to try to open up the offense a little bit. Mm. Uh, so that game they're going to be playing Fremont. So we'll move on to Fremont. We're going to talk about uh, the, the, probably the main guy and the main talent on the team right now. They lost Cummings, uh, who was their uh, probably their best player last year. I think the young man we're going to talk about, Brooks Eiler, was second. He was he had a very good year. Uh, as you can see here, uh, Eiler is going into his junior year. He's 5'8", 175 pounds, plays running back. He had 672 rushing yards last year. He had six touchdowns, averaged about 20 yards of reception. Didn't catch the ball a lot, but averaged 20 yards when he did catch it. A few catches for that amount. So, uh, I don't know those catches were like uh, run up to the catch, or were they actually? You know, I didn't see the the catches on the film. Yeah. Uh, You know, I would say that more than likely it's you know it's going to be getting open space. I I wouldn't. I don't know if it's like your wheel route type of things. Maybe screens. Screens, those types of things, right? Um, You know, get them out in the flat a little bit and letting them kind of go to work. Because from what I saw on tape, you know, he is he is one of those young men that it's it's he's kind of a one cut and go type of player. He puts his foot in the ground, finds a crease, yeah, it's through the hole. And he's another one that Fremont offensive line. It's a pretty good line. I think it might be overlooked to some extent. Uh, One of the young men we're going to talk about, but they also um, they have a Jackson Jones and a Preston Wagner who are young kind of up and comers as well. They're they're big guys. They've got good size on that offensive line, so he's another one that can kind of yeah, go behind that, that line and, and fly through holes when that when that crease opens. I, I you know, with having a line that looked that big on tape, um, I mean, his vision is really, really, really nice. I just saw that, and again, identifying the hole and going right through that. Um, and again, it's one of those things where, and I just what I noticed also when that hole closed, he also has the ability to bounce it out, which I saw him do. You know, without getting hit yet, like he, yeah. saw, he, he saw it coming. He's like, I gotta bounce this out, and then make something out of nothing. You know. Yeah. So I saw a lot of that in his in his tape. Yeah, he's got a very important role on the team because the losing losing Cunnings, uh, it's a big. I mean, it's a big loss. They're. I, I'm not even completely sure what they're doing at quarterback. So that run game is going to become yeah. really important for the team, and you know he especially because everyone's going to know that. They're, they're going to run the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone knows that's what they're going to do. So their offensive line and, and, and Brooks, is they're going to have to put in some work this year. Uh, but he has the talent. You know, he got, you know, you get him in the open and uh, you get behind him, I don't know if you're catching him. Right. He, he's, a, <laughs> he's a pretty quick little cat. So, um, you know, I, I think that his ability to kind of, you know, he's not somebody that dances behind the line, but he is definitely somebody that can kind of pop one, one two cuts tops yeah. when he hits a hole, right? And that, that can be very beneficial for somebody his size because he, he can, like you were talking earlier, just hide behind that line a little bit and then find that crease and he's gone, gone. Yeah. right? Next one we're going to talk about uh, for Fremont is one of their offensive linemen. His, his name, he goes by the name of Dakota Coon. So Dakota is 6'1". He goes by the name. <laughs> he's 6'1", 260 pounds. He plays defensive end and tackle. I would say that tackle is probably his, his more of his prospect position. Um, and watching some of the film, I don't know if you noticed watching the film, but when I was watching the film, he seemed to play multiple offensive line positions. Yeah. Yeah, guard, for, you know, guard, tackle. So he kind of switched around. And left tackle, for that matter, which is you know, obviously an important position. Um, you know, he, uh, he has very good technique. You know, he's somebody that gets, gets low, gets up under the shoulders. 
Well, Tough he, kid. Yeah, he looks like a mauler out, out there, you know. And what I noticed is he finished his blocks, too. I mean, there was him hitting a block, and then, you know, the play was already over, and he's 10 yards down the field still blocking yeah. this guy. You know? 100% agree. That's one thing I, that I had, too, is that he, he finishes plays. Yeah. And, you know, in comparison, there's some offensive line that I've watched to where you're like, they have size, they have talent, but sometimes you don't see him finish plays and you're just kind of like, Ugh. yeah, like, you know, I want to see him finish it all the way down until that whistle's blown yeah. or until that ball carrier or whoever's on the ground, you need to be touching somebody. And yeah, you, you know. I mean, the, the video I saw, the play itself went for two yards, but he was 15 yards down the field. Poor linebacker just couldn't, couldn't stop. Yeah. So, but I also noticed that too of him not only hitting the linemen, but having the ability to actually go to the second level and pick up linebackers as as a run blocker, yeah. you know, and have the run go behind him, you know, and then being athletic enough to have this runner not, you know, miss a stride by any chance by yeah. any means while he's blocking in front of him. And Dakota's a grinder because he's been getting out there and they've been pushing himself. You know, he's been out there saying, I'm this guy since his freshman year mm. he it's not even a matter it's not an arrogance it's just i'm gonna tell people who i am and i'm gonna work my tail off to show them who i am that's yeah. kind of the mentality there's a there's a difference you know obviously there are people that sit out there and tell you they're the best you know and, and he's not necessarily saying he's the best he's just saying hey look i have the talent watch me not only you know on the field but you know off the field i'm, I'm working my best to so you know who i am and I'm going to show you who I am when I have that opportunity. And he's got that mentality, too. So and that, uh, that always speaks about Well, he also can pass block, too, which is also, like, I mean, I was just talking about running games, but he just sits there and he, he's, if, the, if he's on the blind side, I feel pretty safe with him being on my blind side. Like, I don't know he's going to come from that side. Yeah. Just how I felt when I saw that film. I agree. And, it's like, the game is, it's a bit of a toss-up. I, I would say this is, out of the Class A games, this one, to me, probably is the one that's a toss-up. Uh, because they both have important people they lost to their teams. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. So you know, Columbus, they, you know, what are they going to do on offense? What, you know, who are they going to have a running back? Uh, are they going to spread the ball out? You know, what exactly are you going to do? And then you have who's going to throw the ball on Fremont. And, but they have a strong running game. They've got a good offensive line. So do you lean more towards what you know? Uh, with Fremont and saying that we know they got a pretty good offensive line and they can run the ball, I might go with that in comparison to really seeing what Fremont's going to do and with how they're going to utilize their players. I mean, what? Just kind of what we talked about. What do you? I mean, what are you? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, I, I would say this. I, I always feel, and I guess it's kind of old school. If you have a run game, you have you always have a chance. And I think if you know who you're going to run, you know your line's going to be together. I mean, I would say that's that. That would be less question. Less questions of the run game if you know you have a strong one. Okay. You know, if you lose your quarterback, you lose all these other things. You don't know what you're going to get. I would agree with you, and that's kind of I think that's where I'm leaning to is that. Which also means that they're throwing out a lot of tape, and they can always throw in these wrinkles, and you <laughs> right. just take you off your game anyway. But I'm just saying, you know. And that's definitely the way I'm leaning to is is that there's that known of, you know, they got a pretty talented running back, they got a good offensive line, so I might go with that because they'll be able to control a little bit more in the line of scrimmage right. and not, you know. And the, t- and the clock and so on and like this, yeah make the game uh, shorter basically just mm-hmm. long drives and you know if they can keep on getting first down but that. Columbus can I mean they got they have some uh, like some explosiveness and if they can get out get a couple quick scores and take away that run game you know 
could be a different story. But right. I think I'm leaning toward Fremont too, with just because of the known. Uh, so the last game, uh, Class A game that we had was Papio South versus North Platte, and uh, we'll start with we'll start with Papio South. So Papio South, I think, is a little more of the known than North Platte is. Kind of like we were talking with Fremont and Columbus a little. There's an unknown factor, a bit of an unknown with North Platte that we'll get to. But for Papio South, they did lose a pretty damn good running back. One, one of the one of the better running backs in state last year. Big kid, physical kid. They're another team that really ran the ball and played off the run game. So they lost him. He's graduated. He's moved on to college um, up to Chadron. Um, so he's going to – they're going to have a big loss of that running game. They did bring him back Sam Schuler, who uh, I think is a pretty decent quarterback. They got Keenan Flannery at tight end position, which, you know, I think he averaged – I did an article, and he, there's, he was like in the top five in state on average yards per catch. Mm. Now, he didn't, he didn't have like – 30 catches or anything along those lines. Right. But he averaged like over 30 yards a catch last year from the tight end slot. And he's getting some D1 looks right now. So he has very strong ability. They have some options there in, the, in, the, in their passing game. But, you know, that, those tight ends, they don't work as well unless you're coming off play action. Mm. Um, you know, there's, unless you have a Travis Kelsey or something along those lines. Yeah, right. But um, he himself, uh, one of the people that we're going to talk about, and this is why I find him intriguing. You know, I, I, his, it's Christian Campbell. Uh, he's 6'1", 140 pounds, 2024. He's their kicker punter. The reason I find Christian intriguing is because it's, it's the Barry Sanders effect. And not to say that he's <laughs> Barry <yourself>. Sanders. <laughs> he's a kicker. All right, explain that one. So years of playing fantasy football, <laughs> right? <laughs> We'll bring fantasy football into this equation. <laughs> when you have questionable running backs, when you have a questionable running back, Papio South does have some talent there, but it's still to be determined, right? They have uh, they have Devin's little brother, Derek. Um, they have another young man. So there, there's some talent there, but it's got to be figured out. And they're not they're not Devin's size. Devin was a good-sized, bruising type of back. So when you have questions at running back, and, and even if those questions are somewhat answered, you have a running back that may not be as physical when it gets into short yard situations, especially when you're running into a, uh, when you're running a, a run type offense. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not saying they're gonna do, but pro typically that's what, how they run. Um, Would you say they're more like an option type? No, they're or not an option. They're more really? of a between the tackle, like handoff, you know, okay. playoff that sort of thing. But, yeah. you know, they're, so the, with those running back questions, with them not having quite the size of Devin, the Barry Sanders effect is, is that, I used to draft Jason Hansen every year because if they're getting inside the five yard line, not to say that Barry wasn't a goal line back, but a little undersized. Yeah. Um, you know, or, when you were always going. Right. <laughs> or if you have those teams where you're just not quite sure how good their running back is, you might look at their kickers because they're going to be inevitably find themselves kicking more field goals right. than they would scoring touchdowns. That's true. So that is why Christian Campbell is is intriguing to me with those questions of running back, right. the type of offense. can be a game changer, obviously. Kicker can be. Always, yeah. I mean, last year's state title game. Yeah. Tristan Alvano, I mean, he just comes in, nails a 50-yard field goal in Memorial State. I mean, you, if you don't have that, you don't win a state title. Right. And there's multiple games of that nature that you can think of. And we lost some pretty damn good kickers in the state last year. I mean, obviously Alvano, went, you know, he's in Nebraska now, but uh, Simon McClanahan from Millard South, he's down at Kansas State. I mean, there was some talented kickers. And there still is some talented kickers. 
and Campbell may be one of the best, if not the best, in the state. He's got a solid range between the 40 to 50, pretty yeah. easy. He's accurate. You know, we were watching these films, right, where he was... Uh, he's off to the side. Yeah, he's <laughs> off to the side, showing accuracy kicks. And, you know, he averaged 50 yards a kickoff, uh, had 17 yeah. touchbacks, and was averaging about almost 38 yards a punt as well. So, you know, he has the leg. I mean, you talk about 140 pounds, you're like... You know, that's that's not a big size right. kid, right? You know, it's not you ain't got Sebastian Janikowski running out there, <laughs> but um, but obviously the leg town is there, the accuracy is there, which is important. He went five to six last year. When you got a back like Devin, who is just this big bru- bruising running back, I mean, it's you're not going to get quite the opportunities right. for field goals in comparison to extra points. This it's year may be different, right? So no, that's that why sense. he's intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, the other person that we wanted to talk about, and we got to figure out how to pronounce his name. You know, in my years of service, I've, I, even when I used to talk to people and, and I wouldn't know how to pronounce their name, I would I always have to preface it with, like, look, I hate butchering people's names, so right. I apologize in advance. But um, Yeah, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> but Royceon Skogerbo, 5'6", uh, 150 pounds, uh, class 2024 wide receiver, special team, probably wizard. He had last year he had 350 yards receiving, averaged about 10 yards a catch, four touchdowns, uh, averaged about 22 yards a kickoff return, and about 19 on punt returns. Yeah. The kid is electric. You know, he's somebody that you know I could easily see them just trying to get the ball into open space with. That's what that's actually what I had was just our rack in an exclamation point right after the catch. Yeah. Because I just saw him get that ball and I was like he was off, and, you know, making moves or whatever. And they couldn't catch him. Um, and those were like, because they saw like uh, some screens. I was like, this guy's Charles. Like, if it's a screen, good luck. If it's it's blocked well, yeah, you're not going to catch him. Right. So I noticed that about him. So I like plays a lot slot receiver too. Yeah. Which seems to be like the right position. You know, like I didn't see how big he was. How, how big did you say he was? He is five six, one hundred and fifty. Yeah, pounds. that's what I felt like. He was at like just like basically like the Cole Beasley kind of mm-hmm. wiry type. But I feel like he, I mean, high school football player was a lot faster, yeah. obviously. Uh, that's what I noticed. But one of the coolest things I saw about him was, and I love that they put out this video, was him blocking. Like, on his, one of his highlight videos is him blocking and just sticking on that. I was like, look at that. The, the size of a wide receiver in one of his highlights is him blocking. Yeah. Which I thought was great. You know, like, he does it all. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's big, he's, so he's not afraid of that contact. Yeah. Which is important. But, I mean, just, it's got speed. I mean, you see him on the special teams, and, and he's going to make a big difference for him. You know, you give you good field position to start. You know, there are questions of running back. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, do you do you substitute him for some carries with those end rounds, those sweet plays yeah. and stuff, right? I or those little that. bubble screens. It's not a sweep, so I can see them right. utilizing that a lot. And West, Belly West had done that to some extent, too, is sometimes they substitute those run plays for little bubble screens and just those positive five, six-yard starts, you know? It's one of those plays that in the NFL which drive me crazy because they do it all the time are those – those passes to the wide receiver that are behind the the line of scrimmage, and they're all the way. And then I swear, whenever like when the Cowboys do it, it's always a loss for fifteen. <laughs> but I saw how they did that for him, and I mean he was gaining yardage. Yeah. I just I hate that play, but man, he makes it work, yeah. you know. So he's somebody. He's somebody who just has to get the ball in open space. Yeah, he's gonna make a difference for him on special. It, it, Papio South is interesting because they have weapons. Um, you know, they do have a little bit of questions at running back. I think they'll figure that out relatively quickly. Uh, but you talk about, you know, having a, a, a tight end that averages 30 yards a catch, you know, uh, 
yeah. this type of wide receiver that you know can take the top off at any time. Um, and then you know figuring out that running back position, a quarterback who you know probably needs to be a little bit more accurate, but is a pretty good quarterback. Right. And then you know one of the top kickers in state. You know you can put something together with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So moving on to North Platte. So North Platte. You know I mentioned the question. There's some questions with North Platte. Very offensive. A very run-heavy offense over the past years, and they've lost, you know, some immense talent at that running back position in different ways. Um, they, you know, they lost Vince, they lost Brock Robley, Colton Tilford. These guys were scheme changes. They, I mean, they would run triple options, and um, you know, these a lot of these uh, like Army RPOs. <laughs> you know, I mean, they it's it's kind of crazy to watch that offense because they would just beat people down at the line of scrimmage. And then just, just wear them down. Yeah, wear you down. Wear you down. And I don't know if they have that this year at the running back position. That's something that has to be determined. What are they going to do at that position? So the person that I found intriguing that, you know, the prospect um, is their quarterback, Caden Johnson. You know, he's going to be the returning guy. He's 5'9", 145 pounds, 2025 class. Does play full safety for him, too. So last year he had about 430 passing yards, four touchdowns. Ran for 311 touch and a touchdown, and he does have some good speed. So you know, are, what are they going to do on the offensive end? I, they're not the type of team that's going to run that open up the run. So they're probably going to find a way to utilize people with skills in those running back positions and still play that, you know, that option, well, that triple the option. Video I saw, they run him. It seems kind of heavy. Like he, there's a very quarterback run heavy um, offense that he. He's, that they're utilizing, um, but when he did get the chance to throw, he looks pretty accurate as well, which I thought was great. But I noticed more of anything with him as more of a runner, like a strong runner as a quarterback, and looking at those reads and whatnot. Who knows if they're going to do the you know RPOs? You know, I, I wonder if that's going to be the type of offense he'll be running. And that's that's the question, but I, I agree with you, and that's that's why I think he's the intriguing one, yeah. because they, I think they're going to have to rely upon him, and he's quick as hell. You know, he gets out on that edge, and you know, he could be somebody that can that can cause some trouble. So, you know, you find some production at the running back, somebody that you know can go forward, get positive yards, break out to the side with him on those those fake handoffs, and yeah. could break to the outside and stuff. You know, they're still going to be dangerous because North Platte is a well-coached team. You know, they have a game plan that really frustrates people uh, if it if it can be ran effectively, which I think they can do. Uh, if they can find those people to put in those positions, so Johnson is definitely somebody that I believe, or you know, I, I like I said, is intriguing. But you know, I believe will benefit the most probably on the team, and having the ball in his hands regularly and expected to do something with it. Yeah. On a side note, um, I just saw a couple pass plays that he did, and man, he holds on to that ball to the very last second, he and he throws, <laughs> he throws that ball and gets it there. But man, does he he, he takes hits? Yeah. Like, He's not afraid to take a hit. And he doesn't all. have a bad arm. No, no, he, no. he can get the ball out there. But he's, he's like waiting for those guys yeah. to get open, and they do. And he'll he's got take a little more in. loft to his ball than yeah. I like, but um, he'll you know, stand in though. <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid to take that contact. No. That's for sure. No, you know, bringing us to that the the second North Platte guy, Xavier Albertson, 2024. Uh, he plays running back, linebacker. So he's he's intriguing to me in a couple capacities. So defensively, you know, the guys he's pretty damn good. He had 104 tackles, a couple sacks, an interception. He averaged just under 10 a game, around 10 a game. Um, and, he, and he had six tackles for losses last year. So he is somebody that will get after it from the linebacker position. 
um, you know, the physical type of guy that will go and try to chase down the backs, fill the holes, like you talked about mm -hmm. earlier um, with Sheard. He's not afraid to fill the holes and, and wrap people up. It's, you know, he's a good-sized kid, physical. We'll try to get that job done linebacker position. But you know, the, the intriguing part, you know, as we were talking before the show, is it makes me wonder, you know, is he somebody that could jump into that, that running back role right. that they need? Um, you know, Vince Genitone, who, you know, a couple of years ago was a stud for, um, for North Platte. And he played a hell of a, he was a hell of a linebacker. He's probably a better linebacker than he was a running back, but he did serve both roles pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, is Albertson the type of kid that can do that for North Platte? He seems to have the physical talent. We, yeah. just, we saw clips of him. back, though. Right? I, mean, came out, I mean, he's going to hurt you if he's running back. Absolutely. You know? but, we, uh, but we saw a clip, right, yeah. of him. And what was he doing? Same thing. He's returning kicks. Yeah, returning kicks. I was like, yeah. it's a linebacker. <laughs> he's athletic enough yeah. at a linebacker position to, uh, speed, to return kicks. He's got good speed. Yeah. So, you know, if that's why it's intriguing. You know, obviously, there's a talent from the defensive end. There's a toughness. Uh, there's a physical ability. Um, you know, he's returning kicks, so there's a speed. So it makes me wonder and, and believe that, you know, maybe he's somebody that's going to fill into that, that running back role and and give North Platte that dimension that that fits in their offense that they need. Um, I mean, just his size of just being a linebacker, I would see, like, maybe even short yardage running back just to get those tough yards because he's not afraid of the contact, you know? Yeah. Just hurting people as he's running the ball as opposed to the opposite, you know? Yeah. So ultimately, I expect Papio South to win this game. But... You know, I mean, would I be shocked if North Platte beat them? I don't know. I mean, I might not be shocked <laughs> because they do that to people. You know, they, they just they have good dog game plans. They're like Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. no one wants to see that game, but, man, they still win games somehow. They, they just, you know, they, frust they frustrate teams because they no just offense, they impose their physicality yeah. on the other teams and their game plan on the other teams. And some teams, a lot of teams, they just don't know what to do with it. Um, you know, Carney does that a lot, too. Carney's... And it's just, it's just a matter of well-coached teams, right? Yeah. I think that's the key. So um, I expect Papio South to win, but we'll, by how much, I'll say less than They're very good. So that's going to do it for our second episode of Get In Prospective. Uh, please, if you have any ideas on who we should cover or what we should cover, always feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we always enjoy seeing tapes. It gives us an idea of who we can cover. So um, reach out to us at Bleacher Preach 4 on Twitter, and we'll be happy to uh, try to accommodate. This uh, podcast is for you, the fans, um, and those that are trying to learn more about our in-state prospects and what they can bring to a team um, at any level. Thanks again. Uh, I'm David, and that's Mike. Bleacher Preacher's out.